The Jermaine Archives presents Will the Real Draco Malfoy Please Stand Up? by Lady Andalian. Summary There were infamous parties, the ones they held the summer after Voldemort fell. What have you got for us tonight, Fred? called Theo over the noise. Lust potion? Veritaserum? Something that turns the floor into the ceiling? I rather enjoyed that one, he laughed. Polyjuice, replied the twin, winking. They were infamous parties, the ones they held the summer after Voldemort fell. The cellars of the older generation were broken into, and elf-made wine flowed freely. Students from all four Hogwarts houses danced into the night, to the sound of Lee Jordan's band playing electric sets. The Weasley twins sometimes bought fireworks. But that wasn't all they bought, according to the rumours. No one could blame the younger people for wanting to celebrate, grumbled certain witches and wizards of a more responsible age, but unsupervised potion consumption was something else. That was just reckless. Who's hosting tonight? Draco asked his one remaining friend. Fred and George, remember? It'll be a blast! Theo clapped him on the shoulder. Last time wasn't so bad, was it? It was excruciating. Even though you barely stayed at Daphne's for an hour and didn't talk to anyone, Theo teased. Draco shrugged. He hadn't talked to anyone since the end of his pathetic six-week stint in Azkaban. Except for Theo, who had turned up on his doorstep and insisted on dragging him out. I need a wingman who makes me look morally upright and well-adjusted in comparison, he had said. And right now that's you, Jailbird. Let's go. Draco still didn't know why he hadn't resisted with more force. His free will must have been weakened by his sojourn with the Dementors. By that chill, numbing sensation of mindlessly doing what he was told, day after day for six long weeks. He knew it was less than he deserved, but it was more than he would ever care to repeat. A twin barred his way into the cavernous back room of the joke shop and Diagon Alley. I thought you were in Azkaban, he said, with equal parts surprise and scorn. Draco immediately turned on his heel and made to leave, but Theo tugged him back. Bygones, chaps, bygones, he waved, and ushered Draco into the thumping darkness. Inside, another twin persisted over the bar, featuring a bubbling array of cauldrons. What have you got for us tonight, Fred? called Theo over the noise. Lust potion? Veritaserum? Something that turns the floor into the ceiling? Rather enjoyed that one, he laughed. Polyjuice, replied the twin, winking. And I'm George. He held out two glass vials. Samples, please, fellas. Condition of entry. Then take your pick. He spread his arms wide, taking in a kaleidoscope of assorted cups. Jam jars and pots filled with steaming liquids in every colour of the rainbow. Feel sorry for whoever gets yours, mate, George said mischievously, nodding at Malfoy, who didn't see the point in responding to a statement so obvious. Not taking part yourself? Theo asked. We already did, said George. Fred joined his brother behind the bar, slinging an arm around his twin's shoulder. Can't you tell? he grinned. Polyjuice is amazing. We look completely different, they finished together. Draco considered his options. 
It appeared there was nothing he could do but supply one blonde hair and take his chances. That's or leave. And he realised he would like nothing more than to fade into the background. To soak in the atmosphere of the party as somebody else, just for an hour, a Patil sister perhaps, or even, God help him, Longbottom. He placed a hair into the vial. Fred used potioner's tweezers to drop it into a mug of potion, which turned blue and iridescent as the Milky Way. Draco heard snide whispers as he slunk after Theo, who had picked out a shot glass filled with what looked like cream liqueur. They commandeered a dark corner with a good view of the party, where his friend could survey his options. At least Theo understood the virtue of having your back to a brick wall in a crowded room. Draco had selected a mug filled with bright pink potion, one which he imagined would belong to a witch or wizard that was unlike Draco Malfoy as possible. But before he could set his lips to it, he noticed three new arrivals. His stomach swooped. He deliberately avoided meeting the trio in the maze-like grounds of Greengrass Manor, the first time he had seen Harry, Ron and Hermione since his trial after the Battle of Hogwarts. Their testimony had drastically reduced his sentence, releasing him from the obligation to atone for his sins. He knew he ought to have thanked them by now. His mother would be outraged by the conversations of poor but society in which she had taken such pains to educate him. He owed them a debt of gratitude. The least he could do was acknowledge it, but it was difficult. The thought of it made his palms sweat. He had been watching them, he realised, as they laughed and joked together, egging each other on. It was already too late when, as if in slow motion, Hermione Granger took an oddly familiar mug from the bar. She swirled it thoughtfully, and before Draco could jump up and dash it from her lips, she had it downed. He began to panic quietly in his corner. "'What's up?' said Theo, turning around to look over his shoulder in the direction of Draco's gaze. His face cracked into a devilish smile. Oh, shit. Her skin began to bubble. Her ridiculous hair faded to platinum and shrank close to her scalp. She grew taller, gaunt. Draco couldn't hear what her friend said, but he heard them exclaim in surprise. Then she gave a high-pitched shriek that sounded strange coming from his own body. Covering her face with her hands, she pushed her way through the dancing melee, ignoring Harry and Ron, who were undergoing transformations of their own as she rushed towards the door that led to the rear courtyard. Theo was laughing, but for some reason Draco didn't find it funny. Instead, he had a sick sense of apprehension in his stomach. He put down his mug. He made it to the doorway in time to see Justin Finch Fletchley, though who knows who it could have been, really, deliver one shoulder shove as Granger entered the courtyard. It was hard enough that she stumbled, Someone who looked a lot like Dean Thomas followed it with a stinging hex to her ankles, and she fell to the ground on her hands and knees. He winced at the impact. Her wand flew out of her grip and clattered across the cobbles into the shadows. Some people would do anything under the shadow of pseudonymity that the Polyjuice provided, he thought with contempt. She didn't deserve this. But he did. Leave her alone, he shouted, as all three of them froze. That's Hermione Grange, you idiots! Their shocked faces spoke volumes as he trained his wand on them. I don't know who the fuck you cowards are really, and I don't particularly care, but if you feel like starting on somebody, it's me you should be hexing. And I'm over here, so bring it on. I dare you. But with many mumbled apologies to Hermione, the boys departed inside, falling over each other in their haste to leave. 
The whole episode could have taken no longer than about 12 seconds. He didn't know how long he sat on the step with his head in his hands. He thought he had already done as much damage as he was capable of in one lifetime. But apparently his capacity to hurt people was limitless. A beer bottle appeared in his field of vision, the neck held between a finger and thumb that seemed weirdly familiar. Two Draco Malfoys sat on the back step, peeling the labels off two bottles of beer. That's what it's going to be like, being you, said one. Add a notion of guilt and self-loathing and you'll be halfway there. He took a swig. A long silence fell between them. The Draco Malfoy I knew in school would have walked away from that. No question. You didn't, so thank you. There was an edge and he threw himself over it. Absolutely not fucking necessary, he replied. I should be thanking you, Granger. I don't know if I would have survived any longer in that place. It had been easy in the end, though he wasn't sure if it would be nearly as simple to say those words with Potter and Weasley watching him, their faces filled with matching scepticism and ill-concealed disgust. He risked a glance at her. He couldn't remember the last time he had seen any kind of smile cross his own face, let alone the one that played on it now, wistful, yet somehow wholesome. The Draco Malfoy I know wouldn't have thanked me for that either, she said. He'd have thought it was beneath him. He would. Prick. Agreed. They both took a drink, the air between them suddenly awkward. He shuddered and he felt a light presence above his knee, the most tentative of gentle touches. I don't know what that means, she said quietly. But I think it's not insignificant, don't you, Draco? He shrugged off the small spark of warmth he felt at hearing words she couldn't possibly mean. It doesn't tell you anything, he snorted. It's not a lot, she admitted. But it's something. If you say so, Granger, he drawled, leaning back. I don't remember you ever being wrong about anything before. Wow, are you sure you're the real Draco Malfoy? He realised with a start that she was teasing him. There isn't someone else under there. She tapped her own head and he responded with a ghost of a smirk. To second chances, he said after a long moment, holding out his beer. And a beat later, she reached over and clinked hers against it. I'll drink to that, she said, and did. It wasn't what he had expected from the evening, and it wasn't much, but somewhere deep within his chest, he felt a flutter of what might have been hope. Theo had said the wildest things happened at these parties, and much as he hated to ever admit it, he had to concede that his friend was right. Thank you for listening to Will the Real Draco Malfoy Please Stand Up by Lady and Dalian. Join us next time for more Jermione stories.